Three Times Lucky by Sheila Turnage, Chapter 10, at the Tobacco Barn. Twenty minutes later, we pounded up Miss Rose's steps. Mama, Dale called as the screen door slapped shut behind us. I'm home. Silence. Must be out in the garden, he muttered. Come on, she'll want to say hello. We were halfway down the hall when a door opened behind us. Hold it right there, young man, Miss Rose said, sticking her head out of her bedroom. Where do you think you're going? I knew from the panic on Dale's face that he'd forgotten he'd snuck out last night to come to my house. How he forgets these things remains a mystery to me. Morning, Miss Rose, I said. Nice morning to sleep in, ain't it? I imagine it would be if I had the wherewithal to live that way, she said, the frost dripping in her voice, nipping my ears. Her green eyes settled on Dale. What do you have to say for yourself? Morning, Mama, Dale said, offering a weak smile. Did you find my note? I left you one so you wouldn't worry. A note, she said, fishing through her skirt pocket. A note. Let me see if I can lay my hand on a note. Oh, that's right. I found something on your bed when I went in to wake you for breakfast. Here it is. What a happy happy circumstance. Somehow, I doubted the circumstance was going to be happy much longer. She held out a crumpled scrap of paper and adjusted her reading glasses. Mama, she read, I am... A murder suspect over at Moe's if you need me. Please do not worry. Your loving son, Dale. She glanced up. Is that the note you're referring to? Dale shifted. It sounded better when I first wrote it. A murder suspect, she said, her voice rising. I'm innocent, he said. You know, Miss Rose, you could say this is my fault in an odd way, I said, easing into the situation. You'll probably be surprised to learn I'm the one that called Dale last night about the murder suspect situation. As it turns out, Dale ain't actually been named, so it's a false alarm in a way. You had a hand in this, Mo? she said in a voice shaved from ice. Really? Yes, ma'am. I probably shouldn't have called so late. No, you shouldn't have, she said, and Dale shouldn't have left without asking. What do you have to say about that, Dale? Why didn't you ask? Did you think I'd want to tag along? No, ma'am, he sighed. Then why? She stopped and tears flooded her eyes. Miss Rose's tears are like truth serum to Dale. He blurted out his answer. I didn't ask because I knew you wouldn't want me to go. I winced. I wouldn't want you to go because, she said. Dale looked like a condemned man tying his own noose. Because it was past my nine o'clock curfew. She waited while he studied the linoleum's faded yellow peonies. And because it wasn't safe, he said. You got a nine o'clock curfew? I asked. Miss Lana gave me eight o'clock. Neither of them looked at me. Not that my curfew matters right now, I added. You could have been killed, she said. If her voice went any higher, Queen Elizabeth would need earplugs. Thank heavens Lana called me this morning to let me know where you were. I would have been worried to death if... She took a shaky breath. What am I going to do with you? Fear clouded his eyes. You ain't telling daddy, are you? Your daddy isn't in this anymore, she snapped. You're grounded. No races, no trips to the cafe, no bicycle riding. Grounded, he wailed. For how long? For until I say you're not grounded. That's how long, she said, snatching another paper from her pocket. And as long as you're staying home for the foreseeable future, I have a few chores for you. First of all, I'd like you to clean out the tobacco barn. The tobacco barn? Dale said, surprise ringing in his voice. I thought you'd make me weed the garden or cut the grass. Hush, I whispered. Why clean out the tobacco barn, he said. Nobody's used it in years. I'd also like you to repair the things under the shelter. What things? 
things I've had put there, and I want the stable cleaned out. The manure behind the stable should be composted by now, she said. I'd like for you to take it to the garden. You can use my wheelbarrow. Miss Rose, I said, I hate to interrupt, but the truth is Dale and me got plans. We just opened a detective agency. Maybe you've heard of us, Desperado Detectives? We had a murder to solve. She didn't even look up. In that case, Mo, I suggest you open a branch office in the tobacco barn, because that's where Dale's going to be for a long time to come. Ah, Mama, he said. Don't ah, Mama me, she replied, her hands going to her hips. We froze until she turned and headed for the kitchen. Dale, that barn's not clean in itself. You see any snakes? Sing out, now come running, she said, nodding toward the shotgun by the door. Miss Rose shoots better than anybody in the county, save the colonel. I'll be out in a little while to see how you're doing. And, she said, you had better be there, and you'd better be busy. Yes, ma'am. She glanced at me. What are your plans for today, Mo? I figured me and Dale would look into Mr. Jesse's murder today, maybe crack the case, I said. If there's a reward, we're hoping to share the money with you. Isn't someone else working on that, she asked. An adult, perhaps? Yes, ma'am, Detective Joe Starr, I said as she turned on the tap of the sink and grabbed a bottle of joy. Dale's daddy refuses to buy a dishwasher. He says if he bought a dishwasher, he wouldn't need a wife. The thing is, Dale and me are privy to information Joe Starr ain't. Like, Mr. Jesse had a girlfriend. Starr didn't know that, doesn't know that. Miss Rose just stood there. And the girlfriend has a husband, Dale said. Starr doesn't know that either. Nothing the gossip of the century, and she didn't even flinch. Dale, she said without looking up, are you still standing there? No, ma'am, he sighed and shuffled toward the door. Queen Elizabeth II joined us halfway across the backyard. Dale side-armed a stick into the fields of deep green knee-high tobacco plants. Fetch it, Lizzie, he said. Sweat trickled down my back, and heat monkeys shimmied like ghosts between the rows as she brought it back and spit it at his feet. Good dog, he said, ruffling her ears. She's smart, ain't she, Mo? She's brilliant, I lied. Practice me, he said, flipping me a pine cone and setting up to my left as we cleared the stable. But I froze, horrified, staring at the tobacco barn dead ahead. Holy moly, I whispered. Your mama's lost her mind. The barn stood tall and windowless, its tin sides draped in rust. Beneath its lean-to shelter lay a terrifying jumble of wood and metal. A wooden cart lay on its side, its axle busted, boards sprawling like pickup sticks over the cart's tongue. Rusting chains and worn leather cord decorated a heap of broken chairs and old-timey plows. Dale's shoulders sagged. You're going to have the work to work the murder scene by yourself, Mo. In fact, he sighed, you may have to go to high school by yourself because that's how long it's going to take me to finish these chores. It might, Miss Rose said cheerfully, walking up behind us. Come on, Mo, she said. We'll give you a ride home. I settled into the Pinto, mourning Dale's cruel fate and thinking of the crime scene just too impossible to get two miles down the road.